Okay, so we began last week this uh, very fascinating, complex topic. It's a blend of halacha, ashkafa, and chukosayim, superstitions, uh, kishuf. So we're going to hopefully, as we go through the sugya, remind you of some of the things we said a year and a half ago, although the vast majority of it is new. So we started the Gemara Chulun on Tzadi Hayamabes, one of three or four Gemaras that we're going to have to examine closely to figure out the difference in what this Gemara is going to basically set up as three categories. There's Kishuf, which has also many subcategories, called Black Magic, and there are many things involved that are Lavim, some Chivimisa, and a lot of it was done to tell the future. So besides the actual Yisurim, we have a second category, which is really the bulk of what we're trying to figure out, because it's the most complicated, is what's with Tamim Tiyem Hashem Lekecha. Even if you're not doing a lav, you're doing a lav and trying to figure out the future, you're also in violation of Tamim Tiyem, according to many Bishenim. That listed in the Minyan Mitzvahs, the Ramam does not, and Ramam holds it's just a, uh, it's a part of your Avodah Hashem, but it's like an Eitzah Teva, it's um, a Chizik and Bitoch, and it's not an actual... Uh, um, it's not a lav anyway, it's, a, it's an ase or a bitul ase, but the Rambam holds it's not even that, it's not the Minyan Mitzvahs, but the Ramban holds it is, and others agree. And the surprising thing will be that you can actually do something that's mutter, that's just a chachma. I'll throw out just uh, an example of palm reading, which is uh, chachma. It's uh, chachma based on a maseira, based on a other things also, but it's not technically also in terms of the categories. It's not machashif, and it's not even though it looks like uh, necromancy. It looks like uh, somebody's using a crystal ball, which would be a, it's, it's a science. Astrology might be a science. We started with Abba Vinu. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. It could be that's also an Isser, but even if Lu Yitzur were Mutter, if you're trying to divine the future, that's going to be an issue with Tamantia. I didn't prove that to you yet. I'm just giving you a heads up so you should know what we're looking for because, again, it's a bit of what the gedder of the Isser, Eitzah is, but the theme is certainly going to be besides the actual Isser of what you might be doing, even if you skirt an Isser, if you're always trying to figure out what Hashem is planning for you, besides the Chutzpah Shaboy, uh, it's not a, um, a way to function in life. It can get you into serious Yisurim. And I think a main component of our Bitochan Amuna is Tamantia. Is a Kash Baruch Hu, is a Din V'cheshpen, is Tshuva. There are things given to you as an Isayan, sometimes it's a Kapara. Whatever is coming your way is Me'ashem Yatsadavar, and you take it as it comes. Often, if you try to figure things out and you know too much, it causes even more damage. Any stories I tell over, in the context of well, all my shirim, I think you know by now, are, are true. Life is fascinating enough. I don't find the need to make up anything. Uh, even though some of them sound quite, uh, <laughs> quite amazing. Uh, even amazing to me as I try to conjure them up in my mind. That's a bad word to use in this sugya. As I try to remember them. And uh, just uh, one dogma. I remember a fellow telling me that he... At the time he told me the story, which was 20 years ago... It happened to him a number of years before that, 
And he went through Leilainu, a pretty serious uh, medical issue, an operation. He was fine by the time he's talking to me, and he's, Baruch Hashem, alive and well for many, many, many more decades. But it was a pretty serious thing at the time. And he was telling me about it, and he said, you know, it's interesting, I knew about it 10 years before. I hear that, my antenna goes up. He knew about it 10 years before. He said, yeah, I once went to somebody who really knew Chachma Sayyad, which was a bad move as he told me, but he's, he told me based on his experience, not based on the studio. And he said, there's only one thing worse than going through something like that that's worrying about it for 10 years. Such an insightful comment. Like, I had to know about that 10 years before. And the person told him, he didn't tell him, Rachel Bitzchaktani, he said, I see that in approximately a decade, give or take, I mean, the Chatumim, all these things are not exact science. Nevu is an exact science. The Urvatum is an exact science. All these things are never exact, and often they're charlatans, and it's not even true, especially today. But this guy was um, pretty, pretty on the money. Probably got paid a lot for it, also. Or lucky. Uh, what? Or lucky. Or lucky. Yeah, it could be the charlatan also. But the guy, like, said, like, what did I? Do? I took a tzara that the way it works in life is any nisayin you get, Hashem gives you the kaiches to deal with nisayin at that time. And if you don't have the Nisayin yet, or it's not your Nisayin, you shouldn't be dealing with it, you shouldn't be dealing with it ahead of time. And you shouldn't be thinking about it a long time afterwards either. Move on. So this guy was telling me, he says, I took a four-month Nisayin and made it into a ten-year and four-month Nisayin. And I thought that was godless that he recognized that, and it stuck in my mind. Well, now it, uh, I retrieved it from the hard drive, but it was an amazing, uh, amazing insight that maybe it would have been better, Tom and Tia, what did he have to... Why do you have to divine that ahead of time? It just causes a lot of mega... And we know in life, much of what we worry about doesn't transpire, and then the things we didn't even think of uh, left field all of a sudden come up. So why would you want to know the future? If Hashem wanted you to know it, He'd probably tell you. If you're Zeche. And if you're not, then that's part of the Nisayin. And we don't have an Umatuma today, and we don't have uh, Nevi'im. Why? Because we're in Gullah, so we have Hester upon it. That's not comfortable, but that's part of Gullah, so you can't try to beat the system. We're in Gullah for a reason. Yaakov. You know what? The only time I tell people to uh, use that, like tell somebody something good about that, happens when you're doing chesed with somebody else. If you're visiting your parents already, which sometimes not that easy, tell them ahead of time so they can savor the thought for five months. That, that's a good idea. Over here, first of all, Nevoah uh, Roy, you could do tshuva. Nevoah Tov that's said over already. Is, is, is in the bag, but if it's not sent over by a Navi, it's not in the bag, and the guy can say something, and then you can mess it up, and then you're going to have uh, mental language, not you, uh, that it didn't happen, or want your money back from the lady with the crystal ball. So all this is going to do, and the natural Yetzirah for this sugya, because people are, everybody has the peckle, and they're always wondering what's going to be, and they're working on the Bitochen, and they'd love to know the future. Is that because of Hatzar's Yes, but... The beauty of the Tarsus is that Hashem designs every Nisoyen down to the second. And a person is not going to be for tumult more, one second more than he's supposed to. And if he reaches out to things that are usher and even things that are mutter, but violation of if he gets rid of this aggravation, Hashem is not short of shlichim. And the shlichim he's going to send, the Rosh Hashanah Paskin, how much aggravation a person is going to have and how much nachas. You're not going to change that. Ben Lutai, Ben Lamutu. 
So we're always in the business of trying to take shortcuts and trying to bring ourselves more nachas. And we don't realize that we don't work on our bitachon, we don't work on our midus, which is where the real, real nachas is, because a baal bitachon doesn't have life easier. It's just that everything that happens to him, he's able to digest easier, so he's happier. It doesn't mean his circumstances are easier, he's just a baal bitachon. That's the beauty of it. A person that works in the midus, you don't work in your midus, so whatever you have, you're jealous, you're walking around. Somebody told me yesterday, I'm not here to attack anybody, it's not Lashon Hara uh, on this uh, Akum, we just don't do it if it's not necessary, if it's why it gets the habit. But it's just a fabulous example. And it was in the context of, um, of trying to read Simonim, which we're going to spend a lot of time on, even in this first Gemara. Um, I think I could say this. It's a publicly traded company, but all the knowledge is out there already. So uh, there's not insider trading, and uh, you can't do anything with the stock based on what I'm going to tell you, because um, it's where it's at. And I think they're closing next week. So with that uh, disclaimer, <laughs> I hope that works. Uh, so there's a, um, there's a company. I don't even have to n- name the company. I'll name the person I'm talking about. You can figure it out, but you don't have to look it up. It's not important. Uh, there's a publicly traded company that was bought by another company. It happens to be a uh, software company. You probably know about it. A uh, very large company. And the acquisition made a lot of waves. Um, Pella, Gabe Pella, part of the issue, one of the insiders is wondering, is it a bad simon? Because normally you have yeah, mergers and acquisitions. So the company gets sold, and and whatever the price is, and uh, they come in, they take over, and they uh, do things their way. Over here, it's created a national and international sensation because, believe it or not, somebody, it's a scary thing. Somebody forged a government document from the Department of Justice that there was a problem with the sale because it was once owned by Chinese, and Chinese is the buzzword today for politics, and we don't want to give anything to the Chinese, and therefore we should stop the sale. And Congress got involved, and Ryan got involved as wild. Uh, and they're wondering, like, you know, is this Basharat, or this is not going smoothly? Um, then, that was like two weeks ago. It's still going through. They realized it was a forged document, believe it or not. There's a Musser here. Uh, somebody wanted to ma- manipulate the stocks. They wanted to get everybody scared and make 30 cents on the, uh, on the movement, which is outright Geneva. Now the SEC is after them, as they should be, and they should lock them up. Uh, that's a musser also. Can you imagine what you're, what you're willing to do to try to <laughs> make some money? That's a, that's a real crime. You, you forged a government document, Department of Justice, and it was so well done that the Speaker of the House fell for it. You couldn't make this stuff up if you tried. So that's the first uh, strange simon. Then the former CEO, who's been out 20 years, died yesterday or two days ago. I think his name is Wayne? Is that name? From uh, the head of CA? Charles, yeah, Charles. Charles? Good old Charles. Okay. So um, Charles Wang, who is not worse than anybody else, and well, now he's, uh, well, I'm not sure where he is, but uh, <laughs> no longer on earth. Uh, so he was a former executive, and uh, this is being told to me by one of the present executives, and he said, he is Mamish the best Musa Seder ever. He's not, I'm not here to attack him, he's not better or worse than anybody else, but it's, this is, it's so incredible. I, I would save this for Shabbat Shuva, just a point, but it's a long way off, so you might as well get from now. Uh, why wait for the Shuva rush? Um, he was at his peak worth $3 billion, which maybe isn't what it used to be, but it's money. $3 billion of the B. And then there's a whole scandal in CA. If you remember then, people went to jail. He managed not to go because he never had an email, which is also a Musa. If you, uh, if you uh, want to say something, don't write it down. 
uh, and if you want to be honest, it's even better. And um, he, uh, but, but kids, sir, so he stayed out and he, he retired, resigned, whatever it was. But this fellow was there during his tenure. He said he never in his life saw somebody who was, and this guy gave stuck also. He had an organization. He wasn't, he wasn't evil. He just was human. And he said he was a very sad, miserable person because he had $3 billion. Now, what does that mean? This is not going to trash the money, Joshua. You do good things with $3 billion. And he actually did a couple of good things with it. He said, I knew the guy. He was bitter all the time and upset. I said, what was he upset about? He said he was angry at Bill Gates. Why was he angry at Bill Gates? More? So he felt, there's a double muster over here. He was jealous of him. He says Bill Gates was worth $40 billion then, and he was worth $3 billion. That's a pretty large gap. More than 10 times the amount of higher mathematics. And he couldn't live. Every day there was some, he was trying to get some dagger to get near Bill Gates. He just couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't live. And he, he was always talking about it, and he was talking about the injustice of the fact that he's only worth $3 billion and Bill Gates is worth 40 He's bringing this right now. I hope not from under, six feet under. Uh, uh, the, he couldn't understand. The pellet to me, I asked this guy, I said, understand, what's the dimmion? Bill Gates is like 700 Madregas above him. How do you compare Microsoft to any other company? He said, it's a good kasha. He didn't see it that way. He held, he has a company, he has a company, both in software. Why doesn't he have $40 billion? And his whole life was spent being angry. $3 billion. A poor immigrant didn't have a penny to his name. Started, started CA with a credit card. Went to debt. You've probably heard of this story before, right? But it doesn't surprise you. I, it just, it, it's, it's a pellet. Not a pellet. Anyway, so we were discussing in the context over here, is there something, when you're do, trying to do a deal, when a deal is done and things keep happening. Okay, he hasn't involved in 20 years, but it was, it was noted by many people, it's kind of bizarre that it's about to close finally and he, he died. He had nothing to do with the company now, but the fact that uh, it almost got derailed a few times due to very unforeseen circumstances. So we have that in our daily lives all the time, in our business ventures, and various things we're trying to do. Can you take that as a simon to do or not do something? Do we believe in a good omen, bad omen, simitoid, <coughs> not a simitoid? So the three madregas we're going to have in this Gemara, one of which we covered already, is if you recall, the story was Rav came to visit his son-in-law, got to the ferry, had to cross the body of order. The ferry, without getting ordered, and there was no schedule, came right when he got there, and he said, oh, it's going to be good mazel, we're going to have a yontif when we get there. And when he got there, he didn't eat meat, and the Gemara wants to know, why did he eat the meat? And the Gemara says, he didn't eat the meat because of nichush? No. What's the nichush? He said it already. So some say maybe he wanted to kanas himself for saying it, or he didn't want to establish it as nichush, well, I says, that's not nichush. Nichush when you make a decision based on something. Like Eliezer, Abed, Avram, and Yenis, and Mitchell. Well, Eliezer said, if she says this, that, and the other thing, she's the one. And he put the, put the bracelet and gave her the, gave her the rings. And Taisa says, well, if it's also for a ben then that's also, it must be, he asked her, bas at first. And emuk to mufabatur. We saw that, Taisa. And Taisa says, by Yenison, Yenison didn't believe in this. He didn't need this. It was just for the kid. So we, the last two minutes of the share, Eli was discussing Yakasha, which don't have clarity on the stasis mean he would have gone anyway. He would have gone. The kid would have gone. Well, the commanding officer goes, he's got to go anyway. But the main thing is, you can't really believe in it that strongly to make decisions. 
And therefore, Rav is going to visit Rachan and Asal anyway. So what difference does it make? So he says, Yatev, and he was right, that wouldn't be Nechosh. The Gemara's Maskana is that he didn't want to eat. There was certain Gedalim, didn't eat from any Sudha, there wasn't a Sudha's Mitzvah, and it wasn't a Sudha's Mitzvah. I don't know if we saw the Rashi on that yet, and I think that's where we got up to. So look back at the Gemara, and then we'll get to Madrega number two, which will deal with the Simonim. Take a look at uh, first line of Suda, about halfway down in the brackets, about uh, ten lines from before they get wide. Ela Sudas Roshus Havi Verav Lo Mishani Mi Sudas Roshus. didn't he less than Sudas Mitzvah? What's a Sudas Roshus? You look at Rashi. Take a look at Rashi Sudas Roshus across two lines down. First line is Roshus. Rashi says Bas Tamachacham Lambaritz. That's pretty scary. Why is Rashi giving us an example? As I mentioned, we know what a Sudas Roshus is. Barbecue, Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend. There's no shortage of examples of a Sudas Roshus. So why is Rashi giving this example? The answer is, it's Rav's son-in-law. They're not stomp throwing barbecues, not having parties. So my conjecture is in Rashi that there was probably a poor family that needed help with the chasna, and they helped them with the chasna, and they were making a chasna for a neighbor. And it happened to be a Bas Tamachab to an Amaretz. That's not a Sudas Roshus. Now, why not? Is there a mitzvah for the Amaris to get married? Yes. Well, Ramam holds a mitzvah. We also have a mitzvah. But it's a, it's a quote-unquote mitzvah. No? Is it a mitzvah? Why, why did the Talmud Chacham marry off his daughters as Amaris? Probably because he planned the Shidduch. So is it a mitzvah to get her married to get her married? Yes. Gemara says it's, not. it's a mitzvah to do the Hachsha mitzvah and to get married from the kind of but the Sudha is not a Sudha's mitzvah. That's a Gemara. That's not... Rashi is borrowing the Gemara because he wants to give an example of why they might be doing it. It's still not a Sudha's mitzvah. It's an interesting Magan of Ram that says that if you have a Sudha where Talmud Chacham is there eating with you, it's automatically a Sudha's mitzvah because you get the Ashba, you can talk and learning. No. So why wasn't this a Sudha's mitzvah? What do you think the answer is? Point this Magan of Ram. What? Hmm? Rob? Rob? No, other than him. Therefore, the answer is, is that it's now a Suda's Mitzvah for them, but he didn't need a Suda's Mitzvah. It doesn't become a Suda's Mitzvah for him if he's there. That's what you meant. <laughs> yeah. so just explain it. Every good answer needs a Matorgamon. So that's Slochaira. Uh, the Gemara right now says that uh, you could say whatever you want and take a good omen. And you might be right, but just don't act on it. That's step one. Now step two. Rav, first one, is Roshus. Rav, Badik Mamavrups. Interesting. Now the Gemara gives three examples of the Gedele, Gedele, and Amaram. Probably the three biggest Gedele, and Amaram. First generation of Amaram, all three. Rav, Shmuel, and Rabbi Can't get bigger than this. And the Gemara gives the example of each of things they used to do, not just once, not just this story, where the Mavra happened to come and he made the comment, it sounds clearly from the Gemara that if he had a decision and he wasn't sure, he'd be Buddhic Bamavra. He would say, okay, I don't know whether to go. You can imagine Rob's schedule. He was the, running the entire world jury, or, or certainly in Bavo. Rabbi Yechon was the Gadol Dara in Yisrael. Rob was the Gadol Dara in Bavo. They corresponded, as we'll see soon. And Rob, I can just imagine, uh, based on my schedule times a thousand, uh, yeah, constantly making decisions with Stadim Lakan Lakan, should you go, should you not go? Simcha, go give a shir, go give here, go give there. So I guess it happened quite often. Rav wasn't sure, and he's conflicting. He saw my lids of for going, and he said, okay, you know what? Sewer is surrounded by water. So 
from the yeshiva to the to the water to the pier. It'd probably a ten minute walk. He says, "Look, I take a walk anywhere. I walk with the Talmud. Hopefully, we'll get some sort of simon when we get there. Let's see if the ferry's waiting for us." And he'd walk down, and sometimes the ferry was there, and sometimes it wasn't. If it was there, he would go. And the Gemara assumes double pasha. That is legitimate. There's nothing wrong. Not a violation of any superstition. Not a violation of tamentia either. The question is why. That's what we have to figure out. That's just sound familiar. What's Badi Basafra? A safer, a safer tear, as we call him, the girl Hagra. So now we can call it the girl Hashmul. But the Gra had a specific system and it's closer to us, so that's why those Gizelma did it, had the Messiah from the Gra. But he used to look in the Chumish and in Tanakh, and based on you have to be in the Madrega and you have to ask Yatashma and you gotta know what you're doing, but there is a system not to be used every day, and um, I've seen people try to do it. It's worse than a joke. You don't, uh, Chumash is not a plaything, and you don't, uh, if you're the Gadlodar, yeah. and I, Rab Chaim in Bnei Brak, once in a while does it. But, but you know, that's the uh, Shmuel, the Gro, Rab Chaim. Uh, was a famous maestro of Aaron Cutler when he did know the Godet Israel America. Um, so there are famous stories, but I wouldn't try it at home. But the Gemara doesn't hold there's anything wrong with it. The Gemara says, no, Rabbi Yechonon, when he had many stadim, a shikla das of Rabbi Yechonon, or a shmuel, has to be there five million stadim this way, and it's not there, and he needs to go to the Okay, so shmuel was badik b'safra, and perhaps the most famous one, Rabbi Yechonon badik b'yanuka. Badik b'yanuka means he would stop a cheder child coming home from yeshiva, and he would say, tell me, tell me a pasuk you're holding in. Now, that won't work today for two reasons. One, I just mentioned that uh, we're not in the Madrega. The other one is, today, it's either going to be the first passing of Lech Lecha or Vayera, or you don't have too much of a choice. The system is completely different. Then the kid learned all of Tanakh, and he gets called you, Mishle, Shaya, Shmuel, Malachim. It's wide open. So then, and you're Rabbi Yechanan, okay, so then you have a fighting chance. I've just, I, I, there's a lot to say in these Gemara's. I just don't want anybody trying this at home. You know, you'll walk out and go downstairs. You have a lot of Yanukas. You know, you're going to say, uh, I was Taka, now I know. I said, you know, to buy that stock. That can be dangerous. The guy doesn't know whether to move. And it, it stops the kid. What'd you learn? Lech lecha Okay, that'll be a giveaway. You know. Uh, but uh, that's what I'm saying. You got to know, know what you're dealing with. You also have to know the Gemara says that after Navua ended, it was given over to children in Shaitan. So with a child already, it's a mix of Navua and you're a So then, you know, with Yat Tashmaya, you, you have a chance. So, Rabbi Badi Biyanuka. Now, the following Misa. This is one of the, uh, this next Gemara would be a severe casualty if uh, a person learning it would read too quickly and not stop for the questions on many levels. And I'll, I'll point out uh, two of them as we go along. Rab Badik Bamavra again, Shmuel Badi Basafra, Rabbi Yechon Badi And the Gemara is going to tell a Misa about Rabbi Yechon being Bedik, Biyanuka. Kulo Shane Darav, Havikasla Abyechanan, Lekadam Rabbeinushub Abavo. Rav and Abyechanan were very close. They were in different countries. But Abyechanan was uh, running out to Israel, and Rav was running Bavel together, running Klai Israel. Greatest respect for each other. Had many Machlaikusim. It happens to be interestingly enough, most of the time, Rav and Abyechanan, how we pass it? Rav Abyechanan, most of the time. And when Abyechanan wrote, Letters to Rav when they corresponded discussing Shailas and Klal issues, <coughs> he used to put the top of the letter, Lekadem Rabbeinu Shavavavo, to the esteem, to our esteemed Rebbe and Bavo. 
which is very nice. They were colleagues, but Rabbi Yechonon held of him, and he used to write Lekavim Rabbeinu Shababavol. He was the uh, chief rabbi above him. That was, that was the way to start the letter. It doesn't say whether Rav wrote that in return to Rabbi Yechonon, but probably Lekavim Rabbeinu Shabbat Yisrael. But not necessary for the story, but it's probably reciprocated. Kenach Nafsheh, when Rav was Nifter, Rabbi Yechonon now corresponded with Shmuel, who was now the ranking leader in Bubble. Kenach Nafsheh, Havikasa Lashmuel, Lekadem Chavirenu Shebabobel. Now, that was not meant, obviously, as disrespect. He had the greatest respect, as a matter of fact. Rabbi Yechonon only wrote letters to one person in Bubble, with Shmuel. So obviously, he, they were talking and learning. It was clear who the new leader was. But Rabbi Yechonon, before the age of severe inflation, where everything is 100 titles, they said it exactly as they felt halakhali it should be, and, and the message wasn't lost. He wrote, Before the next line of the Gemara, I would have said, I was already, you know, when you read this line, you wonder, like, why does the Gemara even say that? It's, it's going to become readily apparent soon. Shmuel was not one iota, ki makbed in his covet. Especially Shmuel. Shmuel went his whole life, didn't, wasn't even known as Rav Shmuel. Just Shmuel. And he was not makbed in his covet at all. You have to keep that in mind, because otherwise the next three lines are not going to make a whole lot of sense. Um, they're not going to make sense until we try to explain it, but it has nothing to do with the covet issue. Amar, Shmuel received the letter. He was concerned about a problem with that greeting and salutation. And he said, okay, I, I'm going to have to prove to Rabbi Yochanan that I'm his Rebbe in some area. He had no problem. He didn't want to be his Rebbe Muvik. He probably understood that Rabbi Yochanan was his Rebbe in certain areas. But if he's writing L'Chavereinu, he felt it was important to prove that he was his Rebbe in certain areas. Is there nothing that I'm his Rebbe in? So now you understand the Shrekite over here. Before we even get to what the Gemara is trying to get at about the Nichush, what in the world is uh, going on over here? We know Shmuel was not interested in COVID at all. And even if you want to say, well, everybody's Yumi, he certainly wouldn't say it and certainly wouldn't devise a plan to try to prove that he's his Rebbe. That would be, even for a Benini in Shmuel's uh, a trillion Adrigas over any Benini. Uh, he was a Gadol Adar and a Gadol of many Dars. So what does it mean? So looking around, discussing it, uh, somebody, I thought it was a good Sushtel. There's a... Um, there's a hakdama to Rab Shimon Sefer, Shayesh of Shimishkap. And Rab Shimishkap wrote a very detailed hakdama. And if you've ever seen Rab Shimon's Torah, Rab Shimon from the Gedali Rosh Hashivas before the war, but very unique. He was considered in, in, in Hamas, it was all Lumdis, but it was almost like Machshava. Very long pieces, very involved, and you have to really concentrate for a long time. And until you read it over many, many times, if you, you've heard of Rav Shimon and Shir, to, you know, to, to go over Rav Shimon inside, but prepare it, takes concentration, as does Rav Chaim, which is obviously Rav Chaim is a lot, a lot shorter. Uh, and uh, not comparing Godless, and uh, it's not a question of, uh, obviously, right or wrong, they're both right. It's a question of, of style and, and, and derech halimut. And Rav Shimon writes an interesting thing in the Dhamma. He says that the reason why the Gemara has a number of cases, and you would call this, where different Talmidim, uh, that's the Rebbe, and the Gemara, oh, what's the Pshat? I have a Shaila, and he says, when you come, when you service me, carry my towel, we're going to go to the mikvah, take my shoes, after you service me, I'll tell you the answer. And he would do the Shemesh, and then 
he would say, the Rebbe would say the answer, and then sometimes the Talmud would have a kasha in the answer, but then the talk are learning already. What's shot in that Gemara? There are a few Gemaras like that. So the pshat is, as he says, is that if you can ask me a shayla, especially a difficult sugya, and you want to understand the answer, the first thing you have to do is get yourself in a mode where you're going to be makabal the answer. And if you want to be makabal the answer, you have to be makabal me as a Rebbe, because if you're not going to have an open mind, and you're already in fighting mode, you can ask afterwards, but you have to be open to what I'm going to say, because it's not going to be partial, it might be a chiddish, and you have to, you can't do that unless you're a Talmud. The biggest story, and he says that's shot in the Gemara, and that's the Pashat of the eyes. And he says in Zagdama, anybody, Lederi Deri, is going to read my Torah, it's not like reading, and it takes a big investment, and it sounds like a lot of Chidushim, and you got to really be invested. That's what's going on over here, is that Shmuel didn't care at all whether it said, dear anybody, or Rebbe, Talmud, it didn't make a difference to him. But if he's consulting with him, Rabbi Yechon was writing him because he was consulting and they were consulting each other. So if you're already asking my opinion and you don't know who I am, which he clearly did because I never met, that's going to be clear in the Gemara, then you have to hold me to be a Rebbe in some area. And if not, this is not going to work. So I have to find an area where I have bailus, where I can say at least my opinion is something to reckon with. Now, you'll say Rabbi Yechon obviously valued his opinion. He's writing the letter, but that was writing the letter because he understood. He took over, but he didn't know who he was. So I think that uh, that sushtel is uh, is a possibility, and yes. Right. Well, it's not an insult. It's, I'd love to be if Rabbi Yochanan write to me, my colleague. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. So I was thinking that the first try I thought of was that is that just he had to do it for the for the title. Just for the the uh, the necessary power that you have to wield in order to keep the entire bubble, which is three quarters of Klaizal under control. Yes. So I, I don't think that's incorrect. That was my Pashup shot. The shot I just said over the Tsushta was from my Aidan, we were discussing it over lunch. And after his discussion back and forth, he thought, uh, I, and I, I told him, I said, I thought that was a great uh, Tsushta. Because uh, that, that is shot in the Gemara. Rabbi Shimon says it, and it's. Good. It's not Rav Shimon who said it, because if, you, if you've seen Rav Shimon Shkops Torah, you have to really be, have to be invested, whoever you're listening to, but you really got to make a big investment, it's well worth it. But he warns you in the Agdama that you're not going to stretch to understand this unless you're makabal, this is em Islamitai, and you have to try to understand it, and it's worth it. And that's true of any Torah. So that's why he wrote back, I got to find something where I'm a Rebbe, and tomorrow night we're going to find out what he tried, and believe it or not, the first attempt is not going to work. That's just so fascinating, but we will make Hashem. Continue tomorrow night.